Blog Talk Radio. This is the year of the soldier. This is, you know, stand up or, or fall back. You know, I don't really have time to be worried about whether you fuck with me or whether you don't. You know, I, I own a brand called Zero Fucks. Like, do you think that I give a fuck whether you fuck with me or not? I fuck with you. We have a million other things that we could be talking about, we could be doing. And right now, I think that my duty is to other human beings. You don't gotta fuck with me, I fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? These people that buy my brand, they fucks with me. You think that I see because you're in such pain that you see, you, you think that everybody sees how much in pain you are. Because I'm, I'm coming out a little bit stronger this year. Like, I'm guillotining everybody. People that are coming to me to help, healing, they literally stay right here. Hey y'all, it's your girl D. Scott and I am here. I know it's late, but it is still Tell the Truth Tuesday, March 27, 2018. Happy birthday to my brother David, whose birthday was the 25th, my brother Michael, whose birthday was the 27th, my boom's birthday is coming up, my god sister's birthday is coming up, and my dear mother's birthday was on the 23rd. So you see why the fuck I act the way that I do, because I have a bunch of Aries in my life, and I am a moon child. So um, today's show is called uh, Generational Curses. So you know, you guys, I, I just, I love y'all, and I definitely want to send a shout-out to the 31% of my listeners that listen from the U.K. I have a certain percentage that is out in Nicaragua, which is great because, you know, mi es esposo es jugando con baseball por la boed. So, you know, en nombre de Mejía. So for me, it's kind of like, you know, you guys are, are really following and paying attention. So I, I really appreciate all the love and all the support. So in tradition of um, my U.K. friends, I went and I had high tea this weekend. So um, it, it, it was wonderful, of course. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, the moon is in cancer. I don't know where the moon is. I just know when it's full and I just know when it's a new moon. So for me, you know, now that the weather is breaking up a little bit, you know, that's getting me out of my, you know, Cancerian shell a little bit. So you guys all started tagging me um, all this week, all my little babies, I call them, um, grown-ass women that just come to me on some auntie-type shit. Hey, auntie. Um, And you all came to me about the Roxanne Shantae movie, and everybody kept saying, oh, my God, did you see it? And I'm like, no, I didn't see it. It's on Netflix. Did you see it? And it's called Roxanne, Roxanne, and it's the Roxanne Shantae show. If you are not in my age bracket and didn't grow up in the 80s and 90s, and you probably won't know who Roxanne Shantae is, there were two Roxannes. There was a real Roxanne, and then there was Roxanne Shantae. So Roxanne Shantae was a battle rapper. Uh, she was from Queensbridge, 
And the young lady that they had playing her, I mean, was a dead ringer. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, they're a little bit older than me, but it also has a perfect depiction of Molly Mall, you know, the infamous Molly Mall in the in the movie. It also has a great depiction of Nas when he was first coming up and how they had, like, that sisterly bond. And it just, again, it speaks of a time when it was just different. So, like, when I talk about, you know, you, you young ladies are, are, are thotting yourselves out for Popeye's $5 tackle boxes, and I'm not understanding that because although your precious pearl shouldn't be for sale, it shouldn't be as easy as a biscuit and, and a leg to get you in the bed. It shouldn't be that easy. And um, not if you value yourself. And you see in this movie where, you know, it, by the end of the film, I was broke down in tears, which actually was also produced by Forrest Whitaker as well as Roxanne Shantae. And I was very uh, enamored with that idea because you're, you're seeing more and more people doing what they want to do because they did what they had to do 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so it goes back to, you know, uh, if I'm talking about somebody and I'm, you know, I, I was on a show recently where they were saying, well, what do you mean that this is what you do for money and then this is what you do for love and this is what you do, you know, for your purpose? Yes, all of my businesses, because I have this publishing entity, I have this this radio show, I do own brands, I do own all these things. If you look, they all started with the basis of the book. My first book, which was Stay in Your Lane, A Diary of a Hot Mess, available on Amazon and Kindle, which just celebrated the five-year anniversary, so I changed the cover for you guys. So I just feel like today, you know, when when I, well, yesterday when I actually watched the movie, I saw it, and, and just watching it, I could just feel myself cringe. And if you guys are following me on Instagram, at miss.d.scott, you'll see that I was doing commentary during the, during the film, looking crazy as hell, but, you know, doing commentary like, yo, I don't like this, you know, the mother's boyfriend already. Nia Long did an excellent, she should get something for this. She She did an excellent job as her mother. I've never seen her book such a hot-ass mess in my life, but it was amazing to watch because that's what acting is. Right, you know, you you're used to seeing Nia Long in these cutesy roles, and then you forget, like, damn, Nia Long, like, 45, like, she, you know, what I'm saying, she she doing it, she's looking amazing. So, I watched this story, and okay, so what happened happened because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But then the the inevitable generational hood curse happens, where she ends up with the older guy, which I'm very thankful that you know I had a father, so all that, you know, somebody five and ten years older than me and never 20 years older than me wasn't trying to holler. My dad was going to whoop your ass. That's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he got to come up off the porch, it's a problem. You know, I wasn't allowed boyfriends, like, all that shit. So, you know, that didn't happen to me. But you see her, you know, what happened to her, and it's just I know girls that this has happened to, you know, and then he started becoming abusive. And then it gets into, you know, the whole mental state of when, these men are abusing you and you're you're looking at a man as a father figure. So it doesn't necessarily have to be an older man. You could be with a guy that's, you know, similar in age than you, but he's taking care of everything, he's taking care of you and you begin to look at him as a father. It's it's that's a generational situation that need not happen. You know what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, why is it that black people don't get married anymore. Why is it? Well, because, you know, and they were saying why, you know, I, I saw again another post, well, why is it that um, men are not, you know, out out in the world working and women are not at home? And I said, well, because you motherfuckers don't have any money. You don't have the money. Like, everybody is so invested in these lifestyles and driving two cars and doing all these things. Nobody wants to sacrifice. It is a sacrifice to stay at home with your children. 
You know, you, you could think it's cush life if you want to, but it's really not. Not especially not for, you know, the way I was raised. Like we making baby food, we cooking, we getting up, making breakfast, you know, lunch and dinner, making sure you take a leftovers for dinner, you know. So it's just it's different. So part of my family's generational curse was that the firstborn daughter was always beautiful. Um, and it was always a firstborn daughter. And the firstborn daughter and the mother always had issues. So I had issue with my mother. My mother had issue with her mother. Her mother had issue with her mother. And this was part of my family's generational curse. Now, when my son was born, I broke that curse because I don't have a daughter. And, you know, it again, it's very indicative of that time. Like, you know, growing up, you know, being born in the 70s and 80s and then growing up in the 90s and 2000s, and you're seeing these generational curses come to fruition. So what can we do to stop these generational curses? So I want people, because I'm a writer, to understand that you have to be very careful what you say. And I had a conversation with somebody about this today, and he said to me, he says, well, don't you think that because you're even repeating what this person said that it's going to, no, because my intention was to repeat what she said. It wasn't to harm her. So when you have people, like, like I said, and I've said this to you guys a million times, if I want a million dollars, nah, if I want $600 million, I'm not going to talk about the guy that doesn't have 600 pennies. I can't. Because if I talk about the guy with 600 pennies, the universe is going to hear that, right, and say, well, this person, because she's not happy with 600 pennies, doesn't deserve the 600 million. You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you guys are now getting in places where you are speaking to yourselves in such a way that is harmful, and you're not realizing that you're casting on your own self. That hatred that you have for that bitch that you don't like, you know, and I'm just calling you bitch because I don't know your name individually, what you're doing is you're casting that hatred. Literally, it's a mirror. It's coming back on you. Anything that you wish bad on her is going to come back on you. And it is it is not a a, a 50% chance. It's not a 75 It's a 100 fucking percent. So while you're riding around and you can't figure out why your life isn't going right and all these other things, it's because you cast a, a irreversible spell. It's a generational curse. You know, when you can't figure out why you are the fourth, fifth, sixth person in your family that's not getting married, maybe something was happening or somebody spoke something ill about your family because y'all motherfuckers like to fuck other people's husbands or whatever was going on that you are are doomed. You have to talk to your elders and your ancestors and just really try to be close with them because not everybody's like, I didn't grow up with a thought grandma. I, I, I didn't, you know, my mom wasn't a thought. You know what I'm saying? She handled her business, but she wasn't no damn thought. So it's like, I don't understand, you know, when you have a 45-year-old great-grandmother. I don't, I don't understand that. Mm. And I'm drinking my Malbec this evening red wine, courtesy of Trapiche. So you guys have to be careful of what you're speaking on. And here's the other thing. You know, I posted something today on my page at Scott where it was like, you know, you wouldn't need the black tourmaline if you would just cut the motherfucker off. So I see a lot of you girls out here. And, again, I told you guys about asking for human beings. You know, you should never go to the universe and say, I want this man to be like this, 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 and this. You're asking, or, or, or I want this person back. Are you sure that's your human? You know, are you sure that that's your human? Because, listen, I can attest with all the suns, the moons, and the stars in the sky that I don't pray for humans. I, I pray for love. I pray for abundance and, you know, other things that I pray for that are none of your fucking business. But 
when I prayed for what exactly was I wanted and I was in alignment with who I was as, as my true self, as my person, the person that's supposed to be with me will show themselves, right? But I can't pray and then say, protect me from this person because I hate him because today is Tuesday and this, this, and this, and on Thursday I'm back fucking with him. It, it, it doesn't work like that. I'm cursing myself. So basically everything that I just put into the universe, I'm asking for it to be cast back onto my relationship in a negative fashion. You have to stop. You know, when you have situations where you watched your mother talk shit about your dad, you know, and then now you're turning around and you're doing that to your own children, that's poison. And it is, ding, 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 a generational curse. You cannot do that. You also cannot... You know, it's very hard for me in this position because I don't, you know, the thing is, is a lot of people think I give a fuck about them. I really don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what you little girls think of me. I don't care because you're not going to tell me what you think to my face. You know, I don't care what these dudes in the street say about me because you would never get that close to me to be able to tell me to my face. So I'm pretty well protected, just spirit-wise, you know, whatever. But And I've already gone through warfare, and I've already, you know, I tell people all the time, oh, I'm going to kill you. Okay, well, I've been dead for years, so I, I, don't, I don't know what it is that you expect or think that you're going to do to me that's going to shock me. You know, you know what will shock me? Be loyal, you know, to my face and behind my back. That, that would shock me, and there's rewards for that. But there's also consequences for going against, you know, me for no reason. You know, so for the last few months, you guys must have known that I've been a little bit, you know, more taken aback because I have some issues going on. But at no point in time has what the fuck I said or what I do changed at all. You know what I'm saying? Like if I if I fuck with somebody, I'm loyal to the soil. You know, I don't like liars. You know, that's also a generational curse. If you a liar, chances are your sister a liar, your mama a liar, your kids gonna be liars. That's just what it is. If you a thief. That's just something that literally goes down throughout your family because that's how you were raised to think that shit like that was okay, right? So when people deal with me in a certain fashion, and and I have to explain this to people as well, you don't deal with people based on vibes. And I just, I had a good feeling, so I invested a million dollars in this person. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Showtime because Billions is back on. One of my favorite shows on the network since uh, Marty Khan went off air, which was with uh, House of Lies. Marty Khan, not House of Cards, House of Lies. Um, Billions is back on. And so you start to learn how people make moves and that you really shouldn't burn certain bridges because once you burn that bridge, if you have to cross back over, how are you going to get there? You don't have money for a boat. You know, so I've learned that there are people that are going to kick you when you're down, but your job is stay the fuck off the floor. That's a curse that every time, you know, I can name to you somebody right now that every time I turn around, this person has about a six, seven-month job span. Every six, seven months, this person is losing their job. That's a curse. You might want to figure out what the fuck is going on in your psyche that you can't keep a job longer than two years to establish credit and to do what you need to do. You know, generational curses also show up in, you know, not just the way we raise our children, how we're marrying people, how we're treating people. You know, how you know how is it that no one in your family ever got married, including the men? Do you value marriage? Do you value men? Do you value women? Or do you think you can do it on your own? These are all things that you can't sit there and say, you know, with this black tourmaline in your bra, you know, 
oh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm praying that this person doesn't, you know, do this, this, and this to me, but then you still fuck with them. So it's kind of like you're still dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. You have to make a choice. You have to say it's either them or me. Am I going to make sure that my spiritual well-being is okay or am I going to continue to dabble in this over here? Now, here's a kicker. Here's a kicker. The universe doesn't care either way. If I choose to say I'm going to deal with this person over here, then guess what? I don't get to complain to the universe about it. I have to take whatever that person does and, 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 just, and just eat it because that's what I chose to do on that day at that time. Now, when I choose not to do it because I feel afraid or I feel threatened or I feel some type of way and I don't want to be bothered and that person is just not getting it, yeah, that's when you start throwing that ass in the circle. That's when you start burning your incense and your candles and, you know, saying your little prayers. Prayers, spells, all same thing. So today we went into um, the Basilica out in Lackawanna. I heard it was similar to a baby Vatican, which y'all know I'm end up in Rome. We'll be in Mexico this year, but I'll end up in Rome too, just because I want to stand in, I think it's called St. Peter's Circle, where all the saints are looking. Because I just think the angels are so pretty because my mom collected angels. And, you know, everything, it's her birthday month. She's showing herself. So I, you know, want to make sure I do things that she would have liked. Now, the thing is, is that, you know, I was told by somebody who likens himself to Satan that, you know, oh, when you go in there, you're going to feel the power. Because I was at the jeweler today, y'all, I ain't going front. I was at the jeweler picking out pretty things to celebrate. And um, I go in the Basilica with my son, and he looks at me and says, Mom, I don't feel anything. I said, me neither. You know, and, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't take anything from that. But I also look at that as a generational curse because had we have been raised in that environment, you know, in a Catholic environment or whatever, which on his father's side they are uh, because they're Dominican, then I think that we may have felt something. But to me, they were just really beautiful statues. You know, and that's how you have to look at some people. You have to look at some people and say, I can bank my money, and, and back to the show Billions, what that was about. You have to look at certain people and say, I can bank my money that this is how this person is going to move. So if I know that this is how this person is going to move, I can, you know, I, I don't have to hold them accountable for betraying me because you really didn't betray me. You betrayed yourself. And that is who you are as a person. That's not how you are. That's who you are. Right. So, you know, there was my girlfriend that just passed away in February. She knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. If I called Denise from my deathbed, literally, she's going to come in here. She's going to make me laugh. She's going to bring me champagne and a slushie. And then once she figures out what the fuck is going on with me, she's going to go into business mode and shit's going to get handled. Now, did it go my way? No, but technically it did. Because in the end, if if legal circumstances would have allowed, I would have gotten my way. She would have been buried the way, not buried, but she would have been memorialized the way that I would have chosen to do it, everything taken care of, and it would have been perhaps what she wanted. Um, but it was still a wonderful ceremony. It was still, you know, for her, but she banked on the fact that I know that this person is, I mean, it, it literally, her life, her death was the greatest production I've ever seen in my life, and she was a playwright, so y'all know that the play is almost done, um, it's called Transitions, so we're probably going to be putting it on at the NAT proceeds to go to her family, of course, because she still has a, a younger child that I'm very fond of, and, you know, try to keep in contact with him if he needs anything, just little things, you know, because I'm sure his, his father is handling his business, but... um. The generational curses that I had to break within my own family were just 
you know, Kendra used to say, like, you know, Denise, you're scared of success. You you don't, you know, you want to just live comfortably and be okay and this, this, and this, like you're scared of success. And it's not that I'm scared of success. I'm I'm, I'm scared of access. Not success, but access. I don't like, believe it or not, like people think that they know me so well, they really don't. I really don't like people to have as much access to me as they think that they do. And it becomes a very scary thing, like I said, when you're in Boston and you're in a taxi cab and then somebody says, oh, well, what did you write? And then you tell them what you wrote and she starts screaming and is like, oh, my God, I have to call my friend because I read your book. You know, so that makes me feel good, but at the same time, it puts other people in a situation where they're looking like, well, damn, you know, this is just my homegirl that I, you know, that I hang out with. Right, but I'm different things to different people. You know, or you have people that say, you know, I listened to your show the other day, and I'm looking like, you weird motherfucker, I never, I never even spoke to you. You know, <laughs> like I've never, you know, and I work with you, I don't even speak to you, but thank you, you know, you know. So it's just my generational curse is just breaking through barriers of what I think that love and marriage should be because it's very different for me. You know, my generational curse is breaking the boundary of, you know, putting my son out of the house at 18. It was known when we were kids. That's another thing that we as black, well, Latinos don't do that so much. With black people, we do. Mm. You know, as soon as you turn 18, my dad used to say, you're going to get some Samsonite luggage and you're going to get out, you're going to go to college, whatever. Me, you know, I built my whole life based on, um, making sure that my son had a place to go, whether he had a family of his own or not, because I know what the stock market does. I know what the housing market does. I know what, you know, the job market does. You know, and I would never want my son to lose his marriage because he lost his job or lose his children because he lost his job. So that right there, I think that we're breaking that generational curse. And so you guys have to just be extremely, extremely careful. And listen, don't listen to these people that tell you you got to pay $5,000 because you need root work and all this other shit. I mean, if you feel like that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm not an anti-brujeria person, obviously, but what I am saying is that the, the monetization of things that have to do with religious sanctum or things that have to do with, you know, people's belief system and what their weaknesses are. Because when you're going to a bruja, you're you're basically saying, these are my weaknesses, please help me. That's what you're saying. And so it's not right for someone to say, well, if you give me, there is no dollar amount attached to you doing the work yourself. You know, if you really sit down and you think about it and you write down, five things you love about yourself and five things that you hate about yourself, you'll find your generational curse in there. You know what I mean? And and, and oftentimes people think it's something as simple as looks. It's really not. You know, because I know a lot of bras that's, that might be fives on the Richter scale, and they stay with a fine dude. You know, and that's a whole other conversation about the alpha and beta female and male. But, you guys, it was a quick show. It was something I definitely want you guys to go out and support the uh, Roxanne Shantae movie. It's on Netflix. It's called Roxanne Roxanne. It was produced by Forrest Whitaker as well as um, Roxanne Shantae, which I think is amazing because we've seen Forrest Whitaker in so many brilliant, resilient pieces to the point where now he's pretty much made a name in Hollywood for himself where he can kind of direct and film and do whatever he wants. It's like you're seeing Michael B. Jordan at his very young tender age getting ready to produce a film about uh, some war veterans, uh, black war veterans that we didn't know about. So before I go, because you guys know that I'm obsessed with the 90s and I played uh, G-Dub last week with Special Delivery, I don't think that I gave proper homage to Craig Mack, 
who was one of the first artists with one of the top ten hits on Bad Boy. So I definitely want to play Flavor in Your Ear for you guys tonight. And tune in next week because today was a very good day, but at the same time I'm still a little solemn about it. My brother would tell me be humble like Kendrick. But next week we'll get back into the shits because things are looking up. Yo, Mac, I don't even understand how they didn't understand you and that Mary Joy. Yeah, I Get know, that man. old robotic, futuristic George Jetson yeah, crazy Joy. like Blab, robotic kick and flab, or flavor bit of batter, chitter chatter, madder than the mad hat. I bet you buy shit, come my fatter, I got the data, turn your body into anti-matter. It's just like a piece of sizzling, you'll fit inside my stomach with the eggs and grits between. The king is what I mean, I mean, my man get a cup and put some change inside your hand. Now hold up, let's make this official. Everybody let's agree that MCs need a tissue. The folks my only issue. I bet your mama miss you, and I bet the Mac take off like an MX missile. No more of your whining on the charts climbing as I make the funk kicking out more harder than a diamond. And if you didn't know who's rhyming, I guess I'm gonna say Craig Mac with perfect timing. You won't be around next year, my rap's too severe, kicking my flavor in your head. Here comes the brand new flavor in your head. Time for new flavor in your ear. I'm kicking new flavor in your ear. One thousand degrees. You'll be on your knees, or you'll be burning, begging, please. Brother Free, man's undisputed and deep-rooted, folk smoke and leaves your brains booted. What's bad MC? What's stamina like Bruce Jenner? The winner tasting MCs for dinner. You're crazy like that glue. That think that you can outdo my one-two. That sick like the flu. Shake them down, boy. I flip, boy, all the time. And the boy, about to kick an eight worth a dime. Seems like there's no competition in this rap world expedition. You come around and knock you out position. Knock em out. No blame could ever dig a grave. Both the back, the power pack, and black make you see man crap. And here comes a brand new flavor in your head. Back the brand new flavor in your head. Here comes a brand new flavor in your head. Time for new flavor in your head. I'm kicking new flavor in your head. Back the brand new flavor in your head. Here comes a brand new flavor in your head. Down, down, breaking, forsaken, laws the MC shaking with this track that my man's making. MCs will run like a bomb threat, I bet, what? or better yet, uh-huh. make your sweat getting hotter than the sun get. Yeah. Craig Mack is the flame that bumps from here to Tibet. Boy. I break all rules with my actions, that the maxims, the MCs stop relaxing. This brand new sheriff that's in town, getting down, leaving bodies buried in the ground. I set up rhymes for a decoy down for bad boy, watch the M side destroy, and 